Well, it's kind of fun to see how many people are involved in the life of our church and outside of our church. I, it seems like just about every one of us. So good for you. And exciting to hear all the good news about how our church is progressing and moving forward. I'm really excited about the future of our church, and uh, I hope you are too. Today we continue this series of sermons that we started a few weeks ago. Actually, we started the week when we came back from, uh, from summer, kind of our kickoff Sunday, when we looked at the call, when the passage where Jesus calls his disciples, and also obviously applied it to our lives, that Jesus calls each one of us. And today, and for these next number of weeks, we're going to unfold what that call really means, because a big part of that call is service. Um, so let me read a scripture today that comes from 1 Corinthians 12. You know, the interesting thing about the church in Corinth is it was a wild church and created a lot of problems for Paul. And that's why it is, First and 2 Corinthians are the longest letters in the New Testament because Paul was addressing a lot of problems. And one of the things he was trying to help the Corinthians get straight is how does the church function? How does the church work? And that's part of what we're talking about today uh, is spiritual gifts. So let me begin at verse 1 and then verses 4 through 11, chapter 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. The, the NIV, which is what we're reading from today, is kind of nice in this verse. Other uh, translation says, say, I don't want you to be ignorant. <laughs> there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service or outworking of those gifts, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, every one, it is the same spirit. Now, to each one, each member of the body of Christ, the manifestation or the gift of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one in the same spirit. And he distributes to each one, each one, just as he determines. Let's pray. God, we ask that you would uh, open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to this scripture today. Help us to see uh, or to hear your call upon our lives and help us to look at our lives to see perhaps how you have created us and especially designed us to serve you. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. So we've been looking at the call of Christ on our lives. And when Jesus calls us and we respond to that call, as we saw uh, in John chapter 1 with the disciples, and as we have heard throughout the summer of, about these faith stories where God has called 
and people have responded. We've tried to figure out what exactly does that mean? What does it mean to respond to the call of Christ in our lives? And I think we can say a few things. One thing is that we turn toward Christ. We open up our heart somehow. We come to the point where we think, I want to say yes to the call of Christ on my life. It seems like every faith story that we heard involved some sort of turning. We could call it conversion. We can call it um, opening our, our hearts to God. But there was some point, and for some of us, we can't remember when that happened. It was a long process. For others, I can remember the day. As a little junior high kid with black rim glasses, I always had tape on them right there because I always broke them. Kind of an ugly seventh grader. But I remember responding to the call of Christ in my life and how it made a difference. So what does it mean? Well, I think when we come to Christ, when we have this experience of allowing God to enter into our lives and to join with us, God, in his abundant grace, remember it all begins, it all ends, it all, everything in between is grace, is God's goodness to us. He gives us some amazing gifts. The first thing is, he gives us a new life. And the word that is most often used for new life, for abundant life, in the New Testament is this beautiful word, zoe. You know, in the Greek, there are two different words. There's bios, which is life, like a plant has life. My golden retriever has lots of life. You know, it's life. A tree has life. But there's another word, zoe. And that means a different kind of life. When Jesus says, I have come to give you life and give it to you abundant, this is the word that he uses. And all throughout John 1, in him was life. This is what we're talking about. It's, it's eternal life. It's life with God. Oftentimes people think that the Christian life is about everything that happens after you die. <laughs> like, like it's life, like uh, fire insurance or something. <laughs> it's not it. God wants to give you new life right now. And it begins when we respond to the call of God. It's, it's life with God, in union with God. God comes into our lives. And we experience at a higher level things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. It's hearkening back really to the, the word shalom in the Old Testament, this fullness of life, this, this life that has integrity, well-being, that's salvation. Oftentimes we just think of preachers on the street corner saying you've got to be saved and we have kind of don't like that word or those terms, but really it's a beautiful thing. It's this new life with God. We're not alone. So that's the first gift. And it begins right now. And God wants us to live the rest of our lives here on earth with that kind of life. The second thing is God gives us the Holy Spirit. This is kind of the forgotten member of the Trinity, right? Someday I'm going to do a whole series on the, the, the Holy Spirit. 
because it's so important. Holy Spirit, just like at Christ's baptism, the Holy Spirit comes down and dwells within us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit within us to live this new life that God's calling us to live. He doesn't, God doesn't just call us and then leave us to do it on our own. It's a power that lives within us to live beyond ourselves. You know, in Ephesians it says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to those who love Christ. That's it. A new life and new power. And then one more important thing that happens to us when we respond to God's call, God gifts us. Gives us gifts. We call them spiritual gifts. To live out the call that God has on our lives. To live out the work he has called us to do. So again, we're not doing it on our own power. But he gives us, in his grace, these gifts. And what's interesting about this is just like God's grace that saves us. Remember, for it is by grace you have been saved through Christ, through faith. This is not works. It's not something you do. It's just this gift that God gives us, and we respond in our lives with gratitude. That's a beautiful picture of the Christian life. But you know, the, the verse right after that one says, for you are God's workmanship, created by God to do good works. So then sometimes people think, well, he's talking about good works again. No, we're created and God empowers us to do God's work. That is God's, one of God's primary reasons or purposes for our lives, to serve. And these special abilities which are given to us by the Holy Spirit are called spiritual gifts. Same word, actually, this name, this word gift, same root as grace, karos. Same root word as joy. Isn't that interesting? Joy, grace, gifts, all this gratitude. Same word, same root. God's gift to you, to what? To build up the church and to do good work outside the church. Everyone is gifted. Verse 7, now to each one the manifestation or the gift of the Spirit is given for the common good, to build up the church. You know, I get excited about this. People have different passions. My passion is the church. I know it's kind of weird. I have a doctorate in church. <laughs> but when I see the church living out the vision that God has for it, which you don't see very often, but that's the vision. That's the hope. That's the dream. Wow, it's something, it's beautiful to behold. And that's why I've given my life to trying to build up churches because I believe so strongly in it. But God has gifted each one of you to help this vision come to fruition for the common good. Now, probably has raised a question in your mind, I hope at least, you know, what is my spiritual gift or how has God gifted me? Such an important question. Because how God has gifted you and see, this is really what's behind this gifts and call class. 
how God has gifted you really guides you in your call, right? Much of discovering how God has gifted you reveals so much of God's purpose or will for your lives. Your giftedness will show you how you are to serve God. You know, further on in this chapter, Don's going to get to it next week, that I just read from 1 Corinthians, Paul likens the church to a human body, which is a brilliant metaphor, isn't it? And why? Because we all know our bodies. And he says, you know, the body is an amazing thing. We have all these different parts of the body, but they're one body. And in the same way, all the different members of the church, the body of Christ, function. There are all different kinds of gifts, but one gifts, but one body. And he lists, lists some in this chapter. Some are apostles, some are teachers, some are gifted in healing, some are gifted in the gift of helps. There are other passages in the New Testament on this, on leadership and teaching and preaching and the gift of mercy. Some of you have the gift of mercy where you can get inside another, you can, you can walk in someone else's moccasins. Right? And understand how they feel. You have empathy. That's the gift of mercy. The gift of leadership. Being an apostle, of being able to go and start something new. So many different kinds of gifts. And I ought to tell you, these gifts in the New Testament, they're not exhaustive. I, I think there's just an infinite number of gifts that God gives us. So many different kinds of gifts, but here's the brilliant part. If you are a foot, what should you do? Serve as a foot. <laughs> if you're a spleen, actually, I used that one time, and a doctor in my congregation said, you know, spleen, we, the spleen has no function. We don't know what it's for. So it's really not a good one. <laughs> but you could be a hand. You know, if, if you're a hand and you try to do what a foot does, it doesn't work, does it? I mean, you could do it. You could walk or you could probably learn to walk around on your hands. But, man, that's a lot of work, isn't it? It's hard. No, if, if you're a hand, do what a hand does. If you're a foot, do what a foot does. If you're a liver, do what a liver does. See what this is saying? It's saying serve according to how you've been created. If in Romans it says this, Romans 1 through 8, it says, you know what? If you're a leader, then lead. If you're a teacher, then teach. If you have the gift of generosity, then, oh, be generous. Use that gift. So it's important that we know our gifts because when you serve according to your spiritual gift, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. When I was doing my research on what makes a church healthy, one of the things they found out was when a church, when the people in a church know their gifts and they're using their spiritual gifts and they're serving according to their gifts instead of outside their gifts, the church is healthy and the ministries are powerful because they're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And they've seen this. So, we're all gifted. Know your gift and serve according to your gift. Here's an important point. No matter what your gift, 
you are needed. I love this when Paul says, you know, all gifts are needed, all are important. In the body of Christ, there are no little people. Everybody has a role. Everybody has a purpose. The eye can't say to the hand, you know what, I don't need you. There's interdependence. The eye can't say to the foot, I don't need you. No, everyone is necessary. Everyone is important. That's why Paul says so many times, did you notice in this passage? Everyone. Everyone. In fact, Paul says some of the gifts that don't get a lot of attention, those are essential. One of the things that was going on in the church in Corinth was people were were valuing these kind of ecstatic gifts. And they're saying, oh, those are the valuable gifts. Like speaking in tongues. You know, our church, people don't have that gift. But some churches, they do. (laughs) Presbyterian churches don't have that gift. Congregation. But I've been part of a church where people actually speak in tongues. And God used it to, to minister to me. Now, I know you're thinking, Steve, that's crazy. I've been a recipient of God using that gift. But the Corinthians are looking at these gifts and go, oh, those are the great gifts. Those are the ecstatic gifts are just amazing. I wish I had that gift or the interpretation of tongues or some of these different things. And they're really kind of bringing it from their cult religions that they were in before they became Christians. And Paul is saying, you know, don't, don't honor those gifts so much. In fact, some of the gifts that you don't see, those are the ones that are really important. And I love this and I've seen this in the church. For example, I I think there's one gift. It's the gift of helps. These are the people, and I'm looking out here, and I know some of you have these gifts. They're they're behind-the-scenes people. They just like to just help in whatever way they can, quietly. They don't like a lot of attention. But let me tell you, you pull those people out of the church, and the church grinds to a halt. (laughs) Right? All are needed. Everyone. You know, let me say this. If you don't hear anything else this morning, this is what I want you to hear. You bring something to the church. Every one of you. Every one of us. That no one else can bring in the same way. God has created you uh, in a certain way that through your experiences, through your personality, through your gifts, through, through your education, through all these different ways of you are being shaped as a person, you bring something unique and beautiful to the church that no one else can bring in quite the same way. You know, in this gifts and call class, which I've taught for 20 years, and I've probably had hundreds of people go through this class, at the end of it, you come out with kind of this profile of of your spiritual gifts, your personality type, your experience... The, the things that have shaped you, your education, your abilities, your passion. And we, we have this kind of profile. And you know what? I've never seen the same profile. Hundreds. It, you're like snowflakes. Everyone is different. But everyone is needed. And everyone brings something that no one else can bring. Knowing our gifts is important for another, another reason. And when you, it's because of this. When you serve according to your gifts, the way God has made you, 
you will find joy and fulfillment. This is another part of this research that this man did on the church, studied hundreds of churches around the world. But a church where people knew their gifts and they were serving according to their gifts, there was great joy. Isn't that interesting? And you know what else he found out? Another mark of a healthy church, a lot of laughter in worship. That's a healthy church. So laugh right now. (laughs) I do find it interesting. The word for gift and joy and grace and gratitude all comes from the same root word in the Greek. You're going to find fulfillment and joy when you serve God according to your gifts. A wonderful sense of fulfillment. Now there's a book, it's written by a guy named Alan Lux. It's called The The Healing Power of Doing Good. And he did research on doing good, on serving. And he found that there are very real physical, emotional, mental benefits from volunteering face-to-face on a consistent basis. He said, you know what? When we persuade someone else to volunteer face-to-face, we are giving an enormous gift to that person. I'm giving you a gift today. (laughs) Much like a membership in a health club. That's like 200 bucks a month, right? (laughs) He has found that helping others offers long-term health benefits. Isn't this interesting? Including relief from back pain and headaches, lowered blood pressure and cholesterol, Incur, it even curbed overeating and alcohol and drug abuse. You know, I love when research backs up what scripture has said for thousands of years. He coined the term helper's high to describe the emotional well-being experienced by volunteers. This is what's really interesting. Brain scientists at Emory University have discovered a scientific reason for the helper's high. Apparently, choosing... I love this brain research that's going on. It's really interesting. Apparently, choosing to cooperate with others activated an area in the brain rich in dopamine, the chemical that produces the pleasurable sensation activated by certain drugs and other addictive behaviors. Isn't that interesting? When people say that serving others make me feel good, makes me feel good, their statement may have more, a more scientific basis than they realize. Okay, I'm going to end this so that we can get out to the ministry fair. We are rebuilding this church. We're in a pivotal time in the life of the long history of Piedmont Community Church. We're coming out of this pandemic. We're coming out of a couple years that were rough. A lot of things kind of fell apart during the pandemic that we're rebuilding. We have a children's ministry that was decimated, that just didn't really happen for almost three years. And now we're coming out of it. We need people to teach all these students, kids, that God's going to bring us. We're rebuilding committees. We're rebuilding a hospitality team to become a more welcoming church. So many different areas that need to be rebuilt, and everyone is needed.
I want us to just imagine. Imagine if we lived out God's vision for our church. I have never seen a church with so many talented people. Imagine if each person was using their gifts just as the way God created the, to use them. They were serving with joy and energy, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Imagine what our church could do. You know, they say that in a community, if 2% of the population gets excited about something, it can have a huge, huge impact on the community. Imagine. And what part are you going to play? Let's pray together. God, we thank you that you have called us, that you have given us tremendous gifts, this gift of new life, of abundant life, of spiritual gifts. Lord, that you have given us the gift of being called by you to serve you and carry out your purposes, both inside the church and outside the church. We thank you for all the opportunities we have here at, at Piedmont Community Church to grow and to serve. We thank you for our mission partners like Children Rising and, and City Team and um, others who serve this community in such great ways. Lord, help us to listen to your call and help us to discover who we are in you so that we may serve according to how you have created us. And Lord, we give you thanks in advance for what you're going to do. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.